0: Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Rains and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together, personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Hello, Masterpiece Women. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Today, we're going to talk about Exodus 7 and 8. And I just feel like this part of the scripture is, I say it every, it's so powerful, but it is. Every word of God is so powerful. And it's amazing how you can read it, you can watch it, you can um, dig into it over and over and over. And then he reveals himself so beautifully in so many different ways every single time so let's talk today a little bit about seven and eight about what we're seeing in a seen until now pharaoh by at, at this point has what he's belittled god's miracles he's brought in his sorcerers he's mimicked them he's lied he's tried turning people um the Not only the Egyptians, obviously, but the Israelites against Moses and Aaron, trying to make him look like they're destroying him. I mean, he's done everything imaginable to try to hinder what God wants. But what does God continue to do? He continues to send Moses, he continues to do miracles, he continues to send plagues, and they're very specific. We see this so often in the world don't we we see where the world will mimic god they'll lie they'll be deceptive and try to make themselves look just enough like god that people might think that they have a power over them but yet they don't and they just lead people down the wrong path and lead people astray so i think it's very very powerful message to remind ourselves of is It may look one way by world standards, but what does God say? And what is God showing you in that? And so why do you think that God took this approach? When you really analyze why he took the approach and you think about all the things that um, in, you know, I relate back to modern time and in modern time. What are the things that we're dealing with? We're dealing with false religions sexuality issues we're dealing with the world issues as a whole um look back in the day though they had just as many issues back then so if not more so um let's let's read a little bit here in um chapter 7 let's let's read what god has to say about how he's going to call them to do this then the lord said to moses pay close attention to this. He didn't say, look what I'm doing. He said, pay close attention, close attention. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh and your brother. Aaron will be your prophet. Tell Aaron everything I command you. And Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave this country. But I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply my miracle signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Even then Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. So I will bring down my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my forces, my people, the Israelites from the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. When I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will know that I am Lord, that he says, I am Lord. I am, I am, I am over and over and over in this book. I believe that what he was getting after is he wanted them to know he was the ultimate powerful savior that he was. He wanted them to understand his power. He wanted him to understand his abilities. He did not want them to compare him to these other gods that they were um, that they were, you know, worshiping. They were worshiping like eighty deities. I mean that's a lot, a lot of um, deities. So I believe he that if you look at his word and you study it, and you see um, God showed that all the Egyptian so-called gods supposed to be the source of life were really sources of death. Apart from the life-giving power of the Lord, there there is no life, and that's really the reality that. We all face is if you don't know God and you don't seek God, you it's death. Life comes from our intimate relationships with him, reaching our goals, reaching what he's called us to do all comes from having that intimate relationship with the Lord. And so he wanted his people to know his sovereignty. He wanted his people to know his power and he wanted the Egyptians to bow down to him and let the Israelites go worship him. Um, It also reminds me of each of us on a daily basis, how important it is for us to spend that time in worship. So often we get busy with our work and our calling, our ministry and our businesses and the soccer games and the gymnastics, et cetera, all that stuff, don't we? We don't take our quiet time seriously of how important it is to just spend that time in worshiping with him and hearing from him. We do it as our checklist check. Read my Bible, checked it off, wrote in my journal, checked it off, did the right things. I know for me, I can personally say, I just got off a podcast with Dr. Julie Slattery and she and I were just discussing this subject matter. At one point, God called her and that's when he really um, unloaded this vision for her ministry to, to her was in this time when she was gonna do P90X, she was very disciplined to get up every morning to do her p 90 X. He said, well, what if you worked out like that for me, Julie? How many times do we work out and put the same emphasis, whether it's working out or building our business or anything else that is a priority in our lives? And there are many things that should be a priority in our lives. So don't get me wrong. But our number one priority should be resting in him and really putting the emphasis back into worshiping him. And I look back at... um, A lot of the women that I've dealt with in leadership and that I've um, even myself, you get so busy with doing the doing the um, work that we become more like a Martha. You become more of a doer and less of a Mary, which is just being at his feet and sometimes strong, successful businesswomen, especially independent women, are the worst at this. So I'm going to encourage you to just stop and take that time and make it a top priority in your life. Um, women often feel like they're too busy doing, they forget when they forget to abide in him that they can't just stop and do it anytime during the day. Well, I forgot this morning. Well, no, go, go spend some time now. If you haven't had that time with him today, spend that time now, really spend time worshiping him, spend time hearing from him and spend time just finding out what it is like to have that intimate relationship with him on a daily basis. So I found myself... that place before and i don't want any of you and i'm reminding myself of this because i do not want to get back in that place ever again i want to be in a place where i am focused on doing what god's called me to do focusing on god focusing on my family then focusing on my calling if we're going to change the world we need healthy healthy vibrant thriving relationships with god with our families, especially if you're married, the best example you can be to the world is having a healthy marriage and a healthy um, relationship with the Lord is key to a healthy marriage. So the greatest riches truly are in your relationships and having healthy relationships with your children and your family is such a vital, important part. And when you're in a healthy relationship, isn't it so much more um beneficial to you in growing your business than having the stress of unhealthy relationships so make it a priority guys make your relationship with god first your top party then your family make sure those are healthy and happy do whatever it takes get the help you need work through the the issues that you might have and work on those so that you can lead your businesses and your ministries to their fullest capacity because you're going to be free and in a healthy environment, and it makes it so much easier for you. It's still hard work, ladies. Who are we kidding? When you're building business, building ministry, it's hard work. There's going to be challenges, but it's so much more beneficial and so much more powerful when we're doing it God's way and not our way because he gives us everything we need, doesn't he? And that's what he's been showing us over and over and over and over in Exodus. He will give us everything we need. He is sovereign. So... um. I was thinking about um, one, of the, one of the teachings we had. I coach a LifeWork leadership program. It's a nine-month program for leaders here in South Florida, and I've had the privilege of coaching it for years, and I love it because we get so many international, amazing speakers that speak, and one of them challenged us um, a few months ago, and he says, what would it look like if you took the time each morning to abide in the Lord until he released you? Not, not just going and checking off, but tell, he said, okay, it's time to go. Sometimes it might be 10 minutes. Sometimes it might be two hours. Not everybody has the privilege of being home for two hours. So it may not be that you can do it in the morning. Um, And he may not call you to be with him for two hours, but just think of it from that perspective. What would your day look like if you started your day abiding in him first and not leaving until he says, okay, it's time to go. Would that not be more powerful? That's what I'm working towards this year. That's one of my goals is to be more intentional. And I'm, I'm very good at it sometimes. I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it, but I'm working towards that. That's one of my goals this year So to just spend that time with him and actually doing this Bible study with you has been so amazing for me because every day I'm in the word and every day I'm in lots of prayer going, Lord, show me what you want me to show these women. I want to make sure that it's not my words. I can read this over and over. You can read this over and over, but God used me that I would be your vessel and your tool. And I can't get that. And I can't know what to teach you or what to say unless I'm in the word and I'm I'm hearing from him. So I'm going to ask you, can we commit together to spending the time with God, abiding, meditating his word, hearing from him in lieu of checking the boxes it would benefit us all so greatly to do that. So I'm going to challenge you that today. Will you make that goal just this week? Make the goal for the week. Start there. Start on one day, then two days, three days, however small you need to make the bite to bite. Take that bite and bite off that. Um, chew it up. Get it. Get it going in that one day a week if necessary. So let's look here at seven fourteen and twenty five, where the first plague. Um, was was of the Nile, wasn't it? So in seven fourteen, the plague of the blood. The Lord said to Moses, "Pharaoh's heart is stubborn, and he still refuses to let the people go." So to Pharaoh, in the mornings, as he goes down to the river, stand on the bank of the Nile and meet him there. Be sure to take along a staff that turned into a snake. Then announce to him, "The Lord, the God of the Hebrews." has sent me to tell you, let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. Until now, you have refused to listen to him. So this is what the Lord says. I will show you that I am the Lord. Look, I will strike the water of the Nile with this staff in my hand and the river will turn to blood. The fish in it will die and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink any water from the Nile. So he's cutting off their water supply. He's destroying their fish. Think about that. That's a huge deal. And yet, what does Pharaoh do? Read the rest of chapter seven and take a look at how Pharaoh responds. And let's look in chapter eight. We see God again telling Moses in there, go back go back to Pharaoh. It's been seven days since the Nile because what happened? Nothing changed. They still weren't released. They're still not going. The Egyptians gave special reverence to amphibians because they could live in two worlds. And that's why he um, called on the next plague. So there's really a lot of concerns about um, for the people And remember, they have like 80 deities of these um, different gods they're worshiping, Um, but they were really concerned about being able to live in both both worlds, and they're quite concerned about surviving in the next world, and this plague was another way to communicate who God was, because he knew, God knew that this was going to be big for them. His sovereignty was seen in these plagues. They aimed at the things that the Egyptians really held in high, high regard and worship. So if you look at 7 to 14, um, they revert revert, um, Egypt, um, the the Nile. The um, Egyptians, they gave life and fertility became a bloody representation of death so they um the nile became the bloody representation of death frogs frogs the egyptians revered from um, presented by their Hequit frog-headed goddess they were worshiping this frog-headed goddess as having the key to life after death and now their frogs were everywhere and the stench of death was everywhere so you think about the first one was the nile the second one was the frogs and the first one of course was because it was reverted as a god that gave egypt life and fertility he's like oh no i'm the giver of life i'm the giver of fertility and i can take away your water source and your fish and everything else and show you that i am the god frogs we talked about um it basically counter so he's counteracting these different gods that they're worshiping the first one was the Nile. then the frogs the frogs was the goddess of the fruitfulness the next one was gnats and the gnats in 816 to 819 the finger of god fell on the land and there they were biting insects everywhere the magicians couldn't even duplicate this one so this one was different in 816 to 819 says they could not even duplicate so let's look at look at that for a minute what do you think god was trying to get through to them in eight sixteen to 8 19 in eight sixteen, he says so the lord said to moses tell aaron again raise your staff and strike the ground the dust will turn into swarms of gnats throughout the land of egypt so moses and aaron did just as the lord had commanded them to do when aaron raised his hand and struck the ground and his staff the gnats infested the entire land covering the egyptians and their animals all the dust in the land on egypt turned into gnats pharaoh's magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts but this time they could not duplicate it What does that tell you? They failed. The gnats covered everyone, people and animals alike. This is the finger of God, the magicians exclaimed to Pharaoh, but Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He wouldn't listen to them just as the Lord had predicted. Now, I find that very interesting because they said this was a finger of God because they could not duplicate the efforts, could they? And you think about this, that was... That was much more powerful because there's no one doing this duplicity thing every time. And um, that was taken away from what people thought, you know, that's how he's counteracting um, the Lord. And when you look at the next one, the flies, the Lord made this huge distinction between Israel and Egypt. There's swarms of flies, which is the next one. Did what they um, they did they covered this the uh, covered the Egyptians but not the Israelites. They even got Pharaoh, and so yet the Israelites didn't have an issue with it. In chapter eight twelve, we see that Pharaoh lies to Moses again. He offers the people to go when the frogs had gone away, and then Moses goes to the Lord again, and says okay. Just as Moses said, the frogs die. The stench must be unbearable. However, you think about how bad it must have smelled with all those all those um, frogs. And then he still doesn't release the people. Then he gets the nuts, then the flies. And it's this continuous process over and over. And it's the same thing, but what's interesting though, have you noticed in the word where he says multiple times, I will harden his heart. That was a little confusing to me like okay lord you're asking moses to do this you're hardening his heart and he's not doing what you're calling him to do and yet you see the power that he's able to exude because his heart is hardened it allows the lord to show his sovereignty because despite of pharaoh if pharaoh had just the first time said oh yeah okay fine send him let him go you're right he's a god do you think he would have had the same outcome i don't think he would have so um you know moses then goes to him says look you better quit lying and what does he do what happens god got rid of all the flies so how does how does Pharaoh respond after the flies? You know, we keep seeing these different things. And how does he respond? this time? Once again, he did not release the people. In verse 832, we see he's still stubborn. He still refused. I can't even imagine <laughs> how poor Moses must have felt going back and forth. And same thing over and over. Okay, you promised this time you're not going to lie. You're really going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. How often does that, it reminds me of the addictive personality, how they're just so addicted to whatever. I, know, I promise you, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. And then what happens? They're doing it again. And I believe that God's calling us to not be that person. He's calling us to really stay focused on how sovereign he is and work under his power. I love that God gave him so many choices. He really gave him a lot of chances. He does that with his children. He does that with us. He's constantly giving us chances, even when he knows how our response is going to be, even when he knows our response is not going to be what it should be. And um, he shows his sovereignty, he shows his power. And um, I just pray that we as his children will not be like Pharaoh, that we will obey the first time, that we will not have to just have it beat upside our heads. How many times have you been that person? Or I know I've been this in the past as well, where I feel like God's had to tell me over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, God, I hear you, but there's something in me doesn't want to do it. And I'm stubborn and I'm mule headed. And writing my book was like that for me. I have literally now gone and got a coach to help me to finish my book because that has been a huge hindrance for me. Why? Because I believe looking back, my fear, timing, a few factors, but the bottom line is when God calls you to do it, do whatever it takes to follow his lead and follow him intently and intimately so that you have the strength that you need because he is sovereign and he will give you everything you need. And sometimes he just wants to remind us of his power and his sovereignty. And I believe that is what he's showing us in Exodus is he's going to use we've seen it over and over in exodus he's going to use you if he calls you he's going to equip you he's going to use people that may be unlikely you know you may feel like well who am i just like moses did but you have everything it takes and he will equip you he will show you how to move forward if you stay in that intimate relationship with him and i find it just very fascinating of how he does it he used different things that he knew would affect the Egyptians very powerfully because they were contradicting the um, gods that they were, they were worshiping, and yet he proved himself to be stronger than any of them. So I pray today that you'll make this um, episode a challenge to you to really take the time to abide in him even more so than you ever have before. So, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you'll help us to follow you. Help us to follow every step that you ask us to take. Help us to be like Moses and be brave even when we're scared. Help us, Lord, to not be a rebellious people like Pharaoh was, Lord, Not to say, oh, yes, yes, Lord, we'll do it and then not do it, Lord, but to say yes and do it and pray, Lord, for our nation. We pray for the people in um, the world and for um, all the unrest that's going on right now around the world, Father God. We just pray for blessings and wisdom over all of us, Lord, that you would give us the tools that we need to do what you've called us to do, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, for how you're going to use our country and how you're going to use the leaders in this Masterpiece Women organization and how that you are going to help us to succeed in whatever it is you've called us to do and that we will be the women that will follow our callings and we will do what you've called us to do and we will be the Masterpiece Women you've called us to be. And it's in your precious Holy name, Jesus. I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ladies. It's been so great being with you again today. I will be back with the next episode, which will be nine and 10.